The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host for this evening's program, Bill Pruitt. And with me tonight, it's wonderful we have our, our guest, Pastor Ralph Hobrask, from uh, formerly at Hope Lutheran Church and now serving at uh, Trinity Klein. Welcome, Pastor. Well, thank you. It's good to, it's good to be with you. You're, uh, you've wrapped up a 39-year stint at, uh, at Hope Lutheran, and now you're moving on to other stuff. How, uh, you want to describe a little bit of your background to us and tell us what you've been about? Sure. Uh, I was called to be the, the senior pastor of, of Hope Lutheran Church in, in the uh, 80s. Uh, got there. Uh, I retired in my 40th year. Uh, a, an excellent ride. It, it was a, a good church that we took from small to, to a little bit larger, and, and I was pleased with that. Uh, great staff. Uh, financing was always good. Uh, had the opportunity as the senior pastor of, of Hope Lutheran Church uh, to be also involved in, in the community. I know you had mentioned to me earlier that you'd like me to, to, to move into those areas a little bit. One of the things that happened when, when I first got to, to Hope, uh, I, would, I was in the community in a collar, so they knew I was a pastor. And I said, you know, I'm the new pastor of Hope Lutheran Church here in Friendswood. And they go, where's that? I said, well, you know, it's down the road over here on 5, 518. There's not a church there. I said, yeah, there is. And so I said, you know what? I got a job ahead of me because they don't even know we exist in this community. So I said, you know, the, the, the best way to do that, I think, is, is exactly what, what Jesus did. Uh, he, he spent little time in the synagogue. And when he was there, he was usually fighting with the leaders of the synagogue. Uh, he spent most of his time in the marketplace. He said, oh, okay, here we go. Here, here's a paradigm that, that I can embrace. So I made it a point not only to join the Rotary Club, uh, to be involved in uh, you know, a, a citywide food pantry, those kinds of things early on. Uh, eventually, uh, I was elected to uh, the uh, Friendswood Independent School District Board of Trustees. And I've, I think I've served, I think, in 31 years right now and, and still am active. was just reelected last November. So I, I, I spent some time in community service there because I was the pastor of Hope Lutheran Church. And so they knew where Hope was. Uh, along the way, <clears throat> I was uh, approached by <clears throat> our chief of police there in Friendswood to say, Ralph, you need to come and join us and become a police chaplain. And I said, well, what's entailed in that? So we went through that. So I've served with uh, uh, a number of other uh, clergymen as uh, a chaplain for the police department in Friendswood, I'd say probably the last 10 years. So I've, I've got a badge and a gun and Kevlar. So just be careful. So <laughs> and another, another way, another way to be in the marketplace 
uh, sharing who Jesus is just by presence and proclamation. So that that was always a big emphasis. In fact, uh, our, our mission statement at, at Hope was uh, building a reaching community to Christ. And so that reaching thing is to reach into the community, not just invite the community to come to who we were, but to reach out and serve the community where they are. So that that was a big, a big part of my ministry. And, and, and truly, uh, the, the congregation was, was accepting of that. And I said, I'm not going to spend all my time sitting in my office. I'm going to be out in the Friendswood community and, and be an ambassador for Jesus there and also a representative of Pope Lincoln Church. Excellent. I know that, that you were involved in, in a number of the, the communities in and around Santa Fe during that uh, the tragedy they had at the school there. I noticed a no, number of the pastors you included were involved in 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 helping counsel some of the students and uh, and some of the parents after that took place as part of your role as a as a as a pastor and uh, and, and as the uh, chaplain for the police department. And uh, that was I'm, I'm sure uh, very well received by the community. The uh, the chaplains of, of Friendswood showed up at Santa Fe early on and were involved with with uh, the chaos that that occurred at uh, at that school. Uh, so yeah, it, yeah, a pretty tragic time. Yeah. Uh, you talked a little bit about your your community involvement and being a. Uh, outward re your congregation being outward reaching and I think that's one of the things that we're seeing more and more out of Lutheran congregations that the sense was I believe early on especially among Texas Lutheran congregations that they were sort of focused inward but I think more and more it's become an outreach kind of situation to take the identity of Lutheranism and the Lutheran church into the community as well well it the Great Commission doesn't say, y'all come here and we'll give you the gospel. It says, go and make disciples. Or actually, even probably a better translation of that, that Great Commission is, while you are going, make disciples of all nations. So uh, the goyim, the nations, the, the, the non-believers, uh, always where Jesus' heart was to, to push to that. So it's not, y'all come here and hear about Jesus. Let us take Jesus to where you are, and that that was that's always been a, a big part of my understanding of how the church ought to operate. Not that we're not going to invite you to come to worship and and and, and participate in the ministries of of uh, Hope Lutheran Church as a congregation, but to say our our job is to be church, and we're never church when we're on the campus. We're always church when we leave the campus. So that that was always a big emphasis that that we had as, as uh, a reaching community <clears throat> and to meet people at the point of need. And I think that's the that's the emphasis that we see more and more now uh, from an outward reaching church. It's not just the fact that we have people that need to hear the word, which I think they do on Sundays. But it's that it's that Saturday through uh uh, Monday through Saturday kind of kind of life that we live outside the church that that makes makes Christian Christianity more palatable and more believable I think for um, for the for the people around us. Well, Sunday morning worship is the gas station that fills your tank up so you can <laughs> empty it, be in the church during the rest of the week, That's and then true. come back and get a fill up next week. Yeah. 
Exactly. Speaking of that, you, you, you've grown hope. I noticed hope has a, a, a an average general average worshiper had an average, about an average worship of about 250 per week. And you've gone over to, to Trinity, which is around the 600 marker, a little bit over that. That's well, last, last, last Sunday we had over a thousand people. At that's amazing. So, that's yeah. absolutely amazing. And is that, is that, uh, does that have a lot to do with the post-pandemic church and what yes. we've been through as, as yes. complications? Yeah, those numbers on, on Hope, for example, are, are, are probably post-pandemic. Before that, we were up in the 300, three and a quarter, you know, some Sundays 350. So, yes. but pandemic came and that, that just laid us low. The same, the same was true with, with with Trinity, they you know they used to be up in the twelve thirteen hundreds, uh, worshiping attendance, and then the pandemic hit, and they you know they dropped to five or six hundred, and now we're in the process of, of of rebuilding that worship attendance. Like I said, you know last Sunday I think we had about a thousand eighty, if I remember remember not not day before yesterday, but the Sunday before that. Yeah, so it's a lot easier for. It's a lot easier for greeters if you don't have to take somebody's temperature on the way into the congregation. Amen. And, and you can see their face because they're not wearing a mask. Precisely. Uh, yeah. Well, talk a bit about some of the changes you've seen in these congregations post-pandemic and how that's actually maybe even helped them grow a little bit. I think. I think what... What the pandemic did for us is to make us stop and realize what the essentials of the Christian faith are. Word, sacrament, community. Uh, we can talk a lot of other things uh, before that, but when all of a sudden worship doesn't get to happen on, on a regular basis, people are, are more fearful of 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 an unseen uh, virus than they are to, to say, we're gonna gather as the body of Christ around word and sacrament. Uh, it, it, it really made us, at least I as, as, a, as a senior pastor, to look at the essentials and say, we, we need to really talk about what the essentials are for the church. Uh, not some of the fluff that, that most people wanna associate with the church, but getting down to word, sacrament and fellowship. Uh, those are important, and I and I I, I see that happening at uh, Hope post pandemic. I, I also see that happening at at, at Trinity post pandemic, where where people are hungry uh, for just those word and sacrament moments uh, with their fellow believers, and that that that's that's driving us. So. Yeah, it's really hard to have a congregation when you can't congregate. And that's one of the things that struck us the most is that we had people who were. I know that I personally really, really wanted to get back to the communion rail in the common cup as, yes. uh, as just a faithful Lutheran. That is so, so much a part of my weekly worship routine and and strengthens my faith so much that I that's what I hungered for most and I think a lot of our a lot of our congregants congregants were the same way and had that same feeling amen we at at hope in, in Friendswood uh we shut down in March of 2020 we opened back up in May we opened back up in May 
social distancing and all that stuff and drive-by communion and nobody at the rail and, you know, keeps your distance and all that kind of foolishness that, that went on back then that we didn't know any better about. But we opened back up as soon as we legally, well, according to the state of Texas, legally could, <laughs> so that we could, we could, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you got, you got two kingdoms, the left hand and the right exactly. hand. And so, you know, we got a foot in both worlds. And so you try not to go to jail because you're violating the, you know, the government's restriction. Nevertheless, uh, I would have been happy to do that. You know, St. Paul did some of his best work. That's right. I'd have been, I'd have been happy to do that. But we, we opened up as soon as we could because we wanted to get people back to Word and Sacrament. I'm going to take just a minute to uh, talk a little bit about Engaging Truth. Engaging Truth is a product of Evangelical Life Ministries, a not-for-profit corporation here based in uh, Cypress, Texas. All our on-air uh, get hosts are uh, uncompensated volunteers, and our program is supported by listeners and donors. Um, to contact us, if you want to, you can send us a note at Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. Or you can find us on the internet at elmhouston.org or on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. And if you'd like to listen to our podcast, most of our all of our, our programs are offered as podcasts. Anywhere you get podcasts, just search for Engaging Truth, and you'll find them there. So now we'll get back to our interview with uh, Pastor Ralph uh, Hobrach, uh, currently serving at Trinity Klein Lutheran and a longtime pastor at, uh, at Hope Lutheran and Friendswood. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we had talked a little bit earlier about, uh, about involvement in, in prison ministry and some of the things that are going on there. I know you are a longtime advocate of that as well. I, I was, but you know what, what happens there when you can't gain a lot of traction? Uh, my, and then welcome to my own human side, after not being able to gain traction by even hosting events and, and, and being an officer of, of, a, of an organization that we, we charter with the state of Texas, but to see no buy-in or involvement from from churches in the area uh my my interest in that began to wane over, yeah. over time it, it, and unfortunately a, for me but yeah it, and it's happened. a battle i know that we have been pastor and i pastor david schultz who's the father of evangelical life ministries he and i spent a number of times uh, out and david david kane as well or john kane as well out at the at Darrington, interviewing sure. the people there, and we we've no longer had access to that because of restrictions from the pandemic. And I know that's that's one of the things we'd like to see happen. Grove Norwood and 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 his um, Heart of Texas Foundation continue to support that uh, that movement and uh, do wonderful work both at Darrington and now at the Women's uh, College up at uh, at Marlin. But uh, we'd like to see. Uh, I think a little bit more support from from the the district and and the national national body on, on that as well. I, I would be I would be an advocate for that support. Okay. So, what kind of advice would you give? You you know you've been at this for for a number of years. What kind of advice would you get to a pastor that's just uh, just starting out uh, on a on a hopefully a long career? What would you tell them? especially about the balance between civic work and, and clerical work. Okay. Let me, you know, if you're asking uh, for advice for, 
or guys that are just moving into a professional pastoral work. First, you have to be a person that's transparent. So what you preach is what you better practice. For example, for many years, my, my devotional life was kind of hit and miss. Uh, you know, I used to try to do my devotions at, at my office at the church. And you know what happens there? You walk in there and you look at your desk and you're going, oh, I know I got to get this done. And I get to get. And so that whole devotional life kind of kind of went away. Uh, probably for the last 15, 18 years, it has been my my practice on a daily basis to to rise early I, you know i get up at 4 30 in the morning uh and the first thing that that i do during the day is is i'm in the word of god devotion and prayer if i don't get that done then life happens after i leave uh my house and i don't get to it so in order for me to be nourished to be able to nourish other people i've got i've got to spend that time uh in God's work, listening to what he has to say. And I'll also say, as soon as I get off of this uh, broadcast, I'm heading for Camp Lone Star because twice a year, I spend 24 hours in solitude. I've got some brothers that will be there with me, but 24 hours in solitude to, to decompress, to, to, to stop the, 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 the endless chatter in your head and to focus on who Jesus is as my Lord and listen to his word and communicate with him in a, in a deeper level. So that that solitude thing is is also something that, that I found very necessary. This I've probably been doing that for the last 10 years or so, uh, to be able to be with, with Jesus in that quiet time. So that that's a little bit of advice to them. The other, the other is, as I mentioned when we got started, Jesus didn't spend all his time in, in the synagogue. You guys need to get out of your office. Y'all need y'all need to be out there in the marketplace where Jesus did all of his preaching and teaching and and healing and showing the disciples what it looks like to be a, a part of the kingdom of God. You got to be out there where the people are, and that's not in your sanctuary because it, it doesn't have anybody in it until Sunday morning. So you need to be out of the office. Besides, when we talk about the two kingdoms, which is a, a, a great Lutheran uh, theological thing. God is active and in both of those kingdoms, in the kingdom of the church and the kingdom of the state. That's why I can be an elected official uh, with with uh, responsibilities to a school district and why I can also be a, a pastor that preaches the gospel to his people on Sunday morning. I think both of those are, are necessary because when we cloister ourselves inside of our office and simply prepare sermons and and, and deal with our own people, the word doesn't get out to the marketplace where Jesus put the word. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a major advocate of, of, of being out there where he was to, to follow his lead. Yeah. I think a lot of people have the, the incorrect assumption that separation of church and state requires you to not take the values from one into another. And I think as, as Christians, it's essential that we take our Christian values into the secular world uh, to, to try to make it a better place for everybody to live. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what happens. I show up at a school board meeting, I sit down with eight people on the dais, and I'm the only one in a collar. Now that, there you go, that 
I see a lot of wide eyes out there going, holy smoke, how did this pastor get on here? Or <laughs> someone say, you, you're a Roman Catholic priest? Uh, well, no. Uh, but how that changes what happens in those meetings simply because of presence. It, you know, to me, it, it's where the church needs to be, not just not just in the sanctuary, but but in the marketplace. I also like your concept of, of the, the spending this time in solitude. And one of the one of the things we had a discussion at our Sunday school class last week about prayer. And we were talking about the concept of prayer, not as an event, but as a dialogue where Correct. it's ongoing conversation and not just something you do when you really need something or want something. It's a ongoing discussion and Thanksgiving, if you will, conversation with, with the creator that, that, uh, that both strengthens, strengthens and sustains you and allows you to praise him at the same time. Well, if you're going to do what scripture advocates, which is pray without ceasing, that means you have to live in an attitude of prayer, an attitude of always being connected to the Father. And yet, if you want if you want prayer to be a dialogue instead of just a monologue, then you have to open up the scripture. Because Martin Luther would say, prayer happens when you open the scripture because you a you learn how to pray it and you you're, you're involved in a dialogue with your heavenly father because it's his work absolutely all right we're we've got about oh, a little bit over a, a couple of minutes left and i want to take a, a i want to save about a minute at the very end for having you to have you to pray pray for us and and pray for the for the continuing uh um well-being of, of the church of God and, and all the people. Um, are there any other thoughts that you like? How can people contact you? If they have um, questions for a, about they, they can contact me at Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Klein, Texas. Uh, last name, first initial, are at trinitykline.org. And they're, they're always, you're, I'm always welcome uh, to have those emails come to me there and, and we'll respond to them. Very good. Thank you very much. Now, would you uh, offer uh, about a minute worth of prayer for us to close this out here? I can do that. All right. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we pause to turn to you and to sing your praises. You're a God of mercy and grace who never leaves us or forsakes us, who always, as the prodigal father, invites the prodigal son home. We have a place in your house, earned by the precious blood of Jesus. We are called to be his ambassadors, to take the good news of the kingdom of God to all the world. You've empowered us. You've gifted us to be just those people. You've given us the spirit that created the church and now continues to inspire her to be that representative of the eternal kingdom here on earth. So stand with our congregation and always remind them that they're not fortresses, but they're the place where we fill up so we can be the church in the world. You've given us the precious gifts of the scripture and the means of grace in the sacrament. 
may we use those faithfully to be empowered to be the ones who talk about Jesus every day. Thank you for the opportunity to have Evangelical Life Ministries uh, bring this good news to folks beyond ourselves. What a great witness that is as well. Father, we ask these things <clears throat> boldly, sing your praises loudly, not because we come with any merit of but simply because we come in the name of our precious brother Jesus, who sits at your right hand and there intercedes for us. Amen. Pastor Ralph Hobrush, thank you very much for joining us this evening. And all our listeners, we invite you to come back again next week to Engaging Truth. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.